You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Oz Network. Back for another episode of our Lost Recaps. Uh, into a very exciting one, and one that I've been waiting a long time for. We are into the finale of season one. Um, I love me some season one, but it's been a long uh, trip to get to this point, and. Uh, we're up to the conclusion. We're going to get things like what's inside the hatch, uh, which we won't get. Um, but we will get things like what is the black rock and how difficult is it to launch a raft from the sand to the water. Um, so all of our answers will be que- uh, all of our questions will be answered uh, in Exodus Part One, um, one of three. Uh, it's one of only two occasions we're lost in a three-parter, um, but. Next week, we'll get to whether or not it was a one-parter or a two-parter and all that messy stuff. But in the meantime, I will say that my name is Noah, and Ben, if you want to keep a secret, don't tell the fact guy. And my name is Ben, and I too head part of the Honourable Warren Trust. <laughs> we'll get to our Warren Trust and Warren Trust and headbutting. That's definitely something to talk about. Um, <laughs> but Exodus, part one, we're into the finale. We've mentioned... Uh, Teased in Born to Run that Lost does finales great. Uh, I'm not going to talk about the finale as in the end, uh, but for the first five finales, it is just hits so well. I mean, I'm just going to spoil. Now, I'm probably going to buy every single one of the finales. Um, maybe my opinion will change. Who knows? Um, and as for the end, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing I'm not talking about. I just want to keep a little bit of a mystery rather than saying, I hate the end or I love the end. Um, but one thing uh, Lost Finales does so well is it's always big. It's always bold. And they're always wrapping up the season and the plot line of the season while always introducing new plot lines. And they always find something for everyone to do. And they're always two-parters or three-parters. And they're always epic. Um and, yeah, I remember, I don't know if he's been on the Oz Network. Has Paul been on the Oz Network? Oh, I mean, as a guest, yes. He did our rankings, yeah. our re-rankings yeah. of Survivor, and he was on an Australian Survivor episode, yes. Yeah, so the Oz Network's Paul. I remember <laughs> I had this debate with him, and we were talking about TV finales for seasons. Like, not the end, like, just season finales. And I was talking about how I think they should always be big. They should always feel like movies, like like the Lost finales. They feel like movies. They should always have this grandiose... They should feel like a finale. They shouldn't feel like a normal episode. And obviously, it's dependent on the TV show. It's not that way for a sitcom, or it's not that way for every TV show. But I've always maintained what I love about Lost is they do go big and bold and over the top for the finales, and it does wrap up the season, introduces new things, has mysteries, answers mysteries, has action, drama, has all the characters, has this big feel to it. While he was arguing finales should always just feel like a normal episode and shouldn't be special in any way they should just be another episode and they shouldn't go out of their way to make a huge effort for the finale um yeah so th- that was our disagreement uh for, on that i i again it depends on the show but in loss's case lost case i love what they do with the finales um but ben it's been a long week since we last recorded our episode uh, our so long. run episode so long. um I've been itching to get to the finale. I've been counting down all week since we recorded that last one. Uh, but yeah, we're into finale uh, fever now. Uh, we're into the end for the season. Yes, we are. No, Groves, we are. That is correct. Um, I 
I like this episode. I agree with everything you say, basically. Uh, I mean, as I think I said to you at the end of last week, that, you know, this episode, part one, could end and you would be satisfied with this being a finale. Uh, bring on yeah. season two. So, uh, I mean, that's how good this first part is alone. So, um, I, I'm kind of with you, though, in terms of, like, the big finales. I mean, it's it's a thing, I feel. Like, I mean, generally, a finale in the US is during sweeps. It's kind of coming down to whether or not a show is going to be, you know, picked up or, you know, cancelled and things like that. And you've got to do enough to, to bring it back and sort of, you know, we obviously live in an age now with social media and everything where people are going to keep talking about it. There's going to be teasers and spoilers and all this sort of things. You know, we're going to go back to the magical year of 2005 when, yeah, we had the internet and, you know, we had the the first dregs, I guess, of MySpace and things back then. But, you know, it really wasn't a thing in 2005. So, you know, you've got to go out big so that people are going to be wanting to watch this show, uh, you know, four months later. Uh, so, um, yeah, I agree with what you say about finales and a show like Lost that essentially has what the most expensive pilot ever filmed in TV. Of course, you're going to have to have a big finale, you know, oh, we blew our budget on the plane crash. You know, we paid Michael (laughs) Keaton, but he didn't show up. So we still had to pay him though. Uh, so let's just have them sitting on the sand talking about toy planes. Um, so yeah, of course you've got to go big with this type of show, but, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about these three parts, uh, Obviously, part one today, but um, you know, we learn a lot in this episode. We we get some great flashbacks, and we learn that one of our characters likes anal, so that's always good too. Yeah, I mean, we should mention that this is part one of Exodus, and they didn't. We're talking like this is big, like everyone's gathering around the TV for the big finale. Um, this didn't air the same day as part two, and we'll get to whether or not there is, Exodus is a two-parter or a three-parter. I call it a three-parter. Um, but the next two episodes aired the week after this one. So this was on May 18th, 2005, uh, written by Lindelof and Cuse, the kind of main team for Lost, directed by Jack Bender, the main director for Lost, uh, and set on day 44 of the island. And, yeah, you're right. Like, if this was any other TV show, this would probably cut for the season and come back next season, pick up directly where it left off as part two as TV shows kind of tended to do back then. Um, not so much now. Still occasionally now. Um, but, yeah, this is so big, and there's so much going on just in part one, but even then in part two and three. Uh, but still, this is just shows how good the finales are, that this is kind of the innocent days. Like, <laughs> we're going to get in other lost finales, like, uh, huge action sequences and people being thrown down wells and time travel and moving islands and flash forwards and stuff like this. This is still just kind of the early innocent days of finales, but it's still so good. Um, so I think we can get straight into the episode. And uh, one thing finales do do is they kind of break up the fl- flashback structure a bit. Um it's normally something a bit quirky or a bit different. Next season will be Desmond, and then we'll get the big twist of season three, and then season four is Oceanic Eight. Season five is Jacob. So it's normally something a bit different. And for season one, it's kind of everyone gets a uh, flashback. You get a flashback. You it's get the a flashback. Oprah flashback episode. <laughs> yeah, you get a flashback. You Even freaking Shannon gets a flashback. She does. And who episode, comes back so. in this episode, Noah? Yeah. So that's exciting. <laughs> Like, this is why I'm going to buy this episode, because a certain character comes back. Um, So, uh, yeah, uh, Walt gets a flashback. Shannon gets a flashback. It's just flashbacks galore. Um, So I I think we'll talk about the flashbacks as they come, um, because 
it's kind of a bit different, so it makes sense to talk about it as it goes on rather than all the little scenes at once. Uh, and speaking of flashbacks, we open with a flashback. Um, any kind of shitting on Sydney geography you no, need to do for this one? This one's actually done pretty decently. I kind of freeze-frame this one a bit, and I actually there's actually even a screenshot on the uh, on Lostpedia. So, like, it is structurally correct. The uh, Harbour Bridge is in that spot. The Opera House is in that spot. The city's in the right spot. Can I just point out the lights in the city seem to be out? So, um... Power, power blackout in CBD of Sydney. Is this the same uh, hotel that Christian stayed at? All, all these views and the one that Boone and Shannon stayed I think the I think the one that um, Christian stayed at looked more circular key area. But, yeah, I mean, I think kind of... I mean, you look at how Sydney Harbour is, there are hotels where you could get this view. So, I mean, it's a little bit of creativeness, but it's the most realistic shot of Sydney CBD that we've had so far in this show. I have to imagine Brian paid for that hotel because that's a prime location for yeah, a hotel. That is an expensive... We went over that in Christian's hotel. That is an expensive fucking hotel. Yeah. I mean, it's not a fancy one. Like, their room is nothing fancy. It's what, like a two-star, three-star, but it's... But for that view... It's still yeah. the location alone. It's so, Sydney, folks. You know, he's just a construction worker, so you have to imagine Brian uh, paid for this or something. It was Dick Susan's will or something. Um, Susan. So, uh, it's Walt's second and last flashback uh, as he's opening up the curtains in Sydney. So, are we thinking, oh, finale, we're getting a Walt flashback? Something <laughs> happens with him before they get on the plane? Really? Um, um, and we have him, it's very early in the morning, and he's turning on Power Rangers. <laughs> uh, Vincent on the bed? What? What hotel in Sydney let the yeah, dog stay in it like that? Uh, the dogs just all have to stay in the room. Like, I, you know, what happened at this hotel that they get cheap rooms that allow dogs? Like, was there a murder here or something? Um, maybe this was Christian's room. And they're like, oh, there was a dead body. We'll discount the room or something. <laughs> um, Dick Walt moment. Turn the TV down. Turns the TV up. Um, like I hate this little shit. <laughs> Then he goes out running, tries to leave with Vincent. Uh, we got Michael chasing him down. We got a uh, suspicious hotel person. Where you're not my father. Where's I his am theories page? <laughs> yeah, like, he called the police. <laughs> um, so that's our opening, our first kind of little vignette of these characters just before they get on Oceanic Eight Fifteen. Which I, I we can just quickly talk about this. Do you like these kind of little scenes for the finale where everyone gets a flashback or is it a waste of time? I like them. I mean, it just reminds you of the sort of the the pilot where kind of, you know, you get a few bits and bobs here and there. But I think it works best kind of the way we have this. Uh, And I I like these sort of moments that we get of them sort of in the airport and things like that. So, um, yeah, I like it. I think it works well, particularly for the finales. I like it just because it kind of shows how far they've come in just one season. Yeah. We'll talk about character development over six seasons, but this kind of just shows how far all of these characters have come over 40 days or so, um, which is kind of cool. Like, immediately with Walt, like, we have him waking up early then, and then we have him waking up early next to his dad, kind of hugging up to his dad, so straight away we see it. Um so I like it. Some of it's a bit of a, like, well, what's going on here? What's this adding to it? But I like it, especially when they all get on the plane together. That kind of wraps it up into a neat bow. Um, but we have Walt waking up on the island in the morning, uh, going to take a piss on the tree. Um, then we get someone lurking in the bushes. <laughs> like, oh, what's going on here? Um, apparently everyone lives on the beach now. Like, 
is the caves not a thing anymore? Um, Jack lost that one. I don't know. Yeah, after Boone, after Boone died in the caves, maybe people have just given up on that. Um, so it turns out it's our old friend Russo. Uh, ciao. She's in the bushes. Um, ciao. ciao. What? Well, she's Italian, is she? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Hello, my name is Russo. And now she's Borat. <laughs> Mul- multicultural uh, Russo. Uh, bonjour. <laughs> yes, bonjour, bonjour is the word you're looking for there. I'm not. tired. Bonjour. <laughs> bonjour, it's Russo. Um, just showing up at the camp. Um, everyone's kind of surrounding her. Like, who's this? Sawyer. Like, it must be the French chick. Like, <laughs> couldn't be the others. Like, working with Ethan at all. Like, no. Must be the French chick. Can you not smell cheese? And she, she yeah. might run away and surrender. Like Quick, bacon. she's French. Um, and we have Russo coming up to the camp, and the others are coming. Um, I was. I've talked about how I was quite young when Lost Season One was airing. Um, and I used to like we talked about with the stuff with Claire and her dream and getting kidnapped and so I used to be scared of some of the stuff that happened in Lost and I, Lost is never meant to be a horror. This scared the crap out of me when Russo's coming and she's talking about the others are coming and they played it on the ad. I remember all week because, you know, hype for the finale, they kept playing the others are coming and it was terrifying. I was so scared. Like, I needed. I couldn't look away. I needed to watch, but I was very scared. This, like, cause I don't know. This line really terrified me back in the day. Did I was your like friend, eleven. Did your 10. friend turn around and go, "Oh, don't worry, not just a turtle." It's a turtle. Don't you don't need to worry. Um, yeah, this this was scary for me because it's just I don't know. It was like a horror movie. There's these other people on the island terrorizing our 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 favorites. Old Gummy Joe's going to get murdered or something. Um, <laughs> So Russo tells her kind of story of just kind of, if you forgot about Russo, here's the little update of uh, who she was. Um, And she talked about, uh, she saw a pillar of black smoke and then they took Alex, who was her baby. She was my baby. So there's an answer when we get to questions and answers. Uh, Who is Alex? Uh, She is her baby. Um, And then we have a kind of memorable Russo moment. We have only three choices. Run, hide, or die. Very, uh, I don't know, I love that. It's overdramatic, but it just really sets up the stakes for this finale, I think. Um, so, Rousseau's warning them because she saw black smoke that it means the others are coming. Um, now we cut to the raft because Jack, like, pissy Jack, oh, I've got other things to worry about. Um, I'm going to turn around if you don't stop talking about Rousseau. Um <laughs> And we learn that they need to lay rails to get the raft to uh, the water, but they're still working on the rudder. Um, so Michael wants to, Jack wants to know what they can do, and they'll need everyone to make it a success. And I really like this. We'll get to the raft launch, but I like that this is the finale, and literally everyone is pitching in. Like now, we all want to get off the island. The others are coming. We all want to be safe. We're all going to work on the raft now. Um, and they attempt it, but the first launch fails. Um, Sawyer gets blamed. Poor Sawyer. Um, you know, Boom was in that situation. You know? <laughs> yeah, like, God damn it, Boom! Boom! Uh, I'm just helping. I just wanted to do the raft, and, uh, and we see black smoke in the distance. Um, the new pope has been elected. <laughs> what? <laughs> they're wondering. Uh, 
uh, well, where can, where's the place where we can hide everyone? Like Jack and Locke looking at each other. Like, are you thinking what I'm thinking, Locke? Um, I think I am B two. And they it's take hiding Russo. time. <laughs> <laughs> they take Russo to the hatch. Um, I mean, suddenly they were keeping a secret. Now they're showing everyone the hatch. Crazy French woman. Like, here, look, take a look at this. Um, they were hoping that she would know what it was, but she's never seen it in her life, which makes sense because it was buried. I don't know what Locke was thinking. Right, it was oh, yes, I buried it. Buried. I buried it, Locke. <laughs> yeah, I buried this hatch. Um, so the plan is they're going to hide everyone in it. Um, <laughs> Saeed is back. I mean, he's, he makes a good point here. He says, this hatch might even be theirs. <laughs> I just love how dramatic Saeed is about opening the hatch. Um, but, I mean, he's technically right. I mean, it's not really the others, but they took over Dumb, so he's technically completely correct here in that the hatch is kind of theirs. Um, but they can't open it, but they want to know, well, Rousseau's blown up things before, and we learn there is black, uh, there is dynamite at the Black Rock in the Dark Territory. Dun-dun-dun! And we go to a flashback. Don't know if you've got anything to add there. I've kind of it's all good stuff, but it's kind of just the setup to the episode there. If you've got anything, or would we'll jump me, straight into the flash. Well, to me, I think they're just basically, I don't know if it's been racist or they're just being a bit, uh, you know, implying what they know about the French. It's like, hey, there's a French woman. She knows about hiding and running away. Let's see if she knows how to get into this hatch. Uh, so that's probably why they bring her there. But, um, I, yeah, I like the... I do love a good... I, I, I like Rizzo, but I like, um, I just love the moments here with Sawyer when, like, you hear that snap and Mark's like, damn it, damn it, what the hell? And it's like yelling at Sawyer and it's like, not my fault. <laughs> like, just poor Sawyer is just getting blamed and Michael's just, like, raging at this guy. It's like, it's not my fault. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I like kind of random survivors that we just don't know who these people are. Just this random bald guy. Um, there's Eager. random old guy. There's our Puerto Rican friend. Uh, oh yeah, I saw a random old guy. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what else. The, the only thing that I noticed, which I guess is a good segue. Oh, actually, I've, I've written here the music, so damn good. The score in this episode, oh, oh okay. so amazing. We'll get to the rap law. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the only bit that I've written here, which is perfect segue into our um flashback we're about to get to, uh, that I noticed guest starring Michelle Rodriguez. Oh. Oh. oh, well, let's get into this. Get There's a flashback. Will we? Oh. Um, Jack at the airport bar, um, drinking, and up pops next to Jack. Uh, oh. It's movies, <laughs> Michelle Rodriguez on Lost. Fast and the Furious. I mean, it really is. Michelle Rodriguez. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like movies with Michelle Rodriguez is a good example because um, I don't know if we want to talk too much about Michelle Rodriguez now. We can talk about plenty next season. Are we talking but... about her character or her actress? I have different opinions on both the character and the actress. Uh, the actress. because <laughs> I like the actress. <laughs> because it's kind of an unprecedented thing here. Um, nowadays, you've got, dare I say, you've got Kevin Spacey used to be on TV shows. You've got... Uh, like Anthony Hopkins is now on Westworld. And I don't know, there's other examples, surely, of... Uh, now big kind of movie actors are moving into TV. I mean, we had it early on, 24 is kind of an example of this. Um, well, 24 is kind of the first but, one of them. Well, you'd argue the first. I mean, Keep Sutherland was a 
big deal to get. We talked a little bit about that on our unearned pilot of the Oz Network when we talked in a 24 episode. But um, I remember talking that episode that, yeah, that was such a big deal at that time for Kiva Sutherland to be the star of a, a show. And kind of, we sort of mentioned in that that it was kind of unprecedented that he maybe set the, the standard for big name movie stars finally switching to TV. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess kind of the difference there is that then he stuck with TV and kind of just <laughs> turned into a TV star. But, yeah, you would argue that's probably the first example of that. But um, I guess, yeah, I don't know that's somewhat different just because he was so much the lead. And, yeah, I know Kevin Spacey is the lead of House of Cards, but now we're was. getting kind of... Uh, yeah, it was. <laughs> we, we, now we're getting kind of TV. Uh, Fargo is a big example. Like Ewan McGregor was on there. Martin Freeman. Oh, it's, uh, it's uh, commonplace now. I think it's it's almost kind of. I mean, this oh. is the golden age of TV, isn't it? We're basically it's almost um, for the movie stars not to do TV is unusual. It's kind of like yeah. who's popping up. I mean, Halle Berry went and did Extant, and oh yeah, so many. Uh-huh. Yeah, but then often it's not the lead lead, or it's not a big twenty episode season or something like. Often they will be a character, but they're not necessarily the main character, or it's like a 10 episode season or stuff like that. Um, and so this is quite unprecedented to have Michelle Rodriguez signing up for Lost in 2005. Um, I know she wasn't the biggest movie star at the time, but she was a known movie star. Um, and we won't go on about it, we'll talk about it next season. But I don't know my Lost history enough to know if it was announced she would be joining the cast for season two at this point. But you have to imagine it probably was announced. And if it wasn't, I'm sure it was heavily speculated. Otherwise, this scene is just so random. Uh, but we get introduced to uh, everyone's favorite character, Ana Lucia Cortez, um, someone who I will be defending the hell out of. Uh, yeah. Not this week. <laughs> Next season, I'll defend the hell out of. Um, so this is... Uh, my version of Ben love, loving Kate because uh, if you're like, oh, the Oz Network, they liked Boone and Shannon. Well, I'm sorry, season two, Lost fans. I will be talking up Anna Lucia a lot. And she's not even the greatest character. I'll just be defending her because hashtag justice for Anna Lucia. Um, but, you know, at this point, you have to imagine. I mean, I was young, so I was probably dumb and just paid no attention to this scene but you have to imagine she's coming back next season after watching this scene but basically they meet uh they kind of flirt a little bit this will add to the little square next season that never really went anywhere um and she says well they stuck me in the back of the plane Hmm. wink wink um and then i love the line want to trade seats (laughs) which is great okay Um, analyst yeah all right (laughs) Anna Lucia gets a call and she has to leave, and we'll see what that call may may or may not be next season. Um, you know, we'll we'll save too much of our judgment on Anna Lucia for next season, but I do like that they had this as a setup, as kind of the finales are so good at wrapping up season plot lines, but they also really do open up kind of the floodgates for the next season. Um, and I like that they kind of had the foresight to give us at least one character, so you can look back and say, oh, hey, there's that girl that Jack saw at the uh, the airport bar. Yeah, I mean, I... Michelle Rodriguez, I have nothing against her as a, an actress. I like the woman. Um, I just don't like her character. Uh, Hobart's uh, Michelle Rodriguez. She's been to Hobart. So uh, that was... Uh, 
four or five years ago. I remember it was like a fairly big deal when she came down here. She kind she was two of the activist work for the uh, the Sea Shepherd or something like that. But she was like interviewed on CFM when it was called that and all this sort of stuff. So um, yeah, b- pretty big deal when she came here. Um, but yeah, I mean, as an actress, nothing against her. Wait till we get to Annalise here. But yeah, I, I I remember watching this and kind of I always liked those little like parts of these scenes where you kind of get the the moments where you you see them and you sort of you get the reference like oh I'm in the back of the plane so like straight away like oh she gone nah um so and there's another two people in this one which I think kind of have the I've just read a theory about them about them being dead in this uh anyway but um yeah I, I like this I again I like all these sort of flashbacks here and I like sort of Jack at the bar. Uh, and kind of just like the way they sort of, even the way they meet, the way kind of she's just like, you know, oh, so who are you yelling at or whatever and sort of stuff. And it's like, oh, I thought you weren't, um, I thought you weren't listening. I was being polite. Uh, so like this part, I have nothing against Anna Lucia right now. Um, <laughs> but, um, and just even like her line or whatever, when she says, like, I hate flying. It's like, oh yeah, I wonder why. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I just kind of, I like the initial setup here, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, I just like that they, because they could easily not have had the scene and they just randomly have her show up. Um, but I think it's cool that they put it in at, and then they knew ahead. Um, I just need to look up for next time whether or not it was announced she would be joining the cast at this point or if it came later. Um, but cut, cutting back to the island, we have Jack, a long overdue speech. He hasn't given one of them in a while, uh, giving a speech to the group. Um and their plan is to launch the raft and then they're going to head to the caves while the A-team go off and do something that they're not telling anyone about. Uh, but we have Arts coming up to Jack. Arts is back. Um, uh, he knows all about the plan. You're going to go in. That's shown on all the previously on. So, yeah, I know the plan. You're going to go in. You're going to get the dynamite, blow up this hatch and hide everyone in it. Um, if you want to keep a secret, don't tell the fat guy. Um, poor Hurley. You're not exactly skinny uh, yourself, Arts. <laughs> and old Leslie's a bit chub um, and then Arts who also knows about monsoon season knows how to handle dynamite so they have to bring him with him um, I love that we'll get to it next episode but I love that this character exists as a long drawn out explosion joke pretty much <laughs> that's the only reason this character is here he's the red chair but I love that they stretch it out and they keep bringing him back. Like, everyone loves arts, right? Well, um, I love him too, but I, th- I think I even when I watch this for the first time, I'm like, oh, he's dying. Like, I mean, he's yeah. just the, the tacked-on extra to come so that we've got to kill someone, but we can't kill one of our major crew. So let's bring on random person to get blown up. But that's what I love about Lost is they kind of make fun of that. Rather than just having someone and not really naming them, they're just kind of there in the background like all these other shows would do. They go to the effort of giving him a backstory, making him incredibly unlikable and giving him all this stuff. Um, so, yeah, arts is great. Uh, and then we have uh, poor old Sawyer getting rejected. Oh. No one needs his help. He's oh, Boone in this episode. So Sawyer's become Boone. I'll help. Yeah. No, it's all right, Sawyer. It's all good. <laughs> you, yeah, poor. You go off and be sexy and shirtless and sweaty in the jungle where we need to see you in a few moments. Yeah, so he's going to be sweating and go and do some wood chopping. Um, Lumberjack. Yeah, and then we're back to another Australian flashback. Uh, <laughs> so we're in the cop shop. <laughs> yeah, this is the best one. I've got some good stuff here for this one. Um, so this is kind of coming back to the Boone flashback uh, when Sawyer was getting dragged through uh, with the 
Sadly, we're the police, not the doting police. That that dick <laughs> cop guy. Um, no boon, though, yet. No. And this guy is like <laughs> South African or something. He's got a terrible accent. <laughs> um, you broke my mug. <laughs> um, like, no, I didn't even do that justice. It was much worse than that. Broke um, my mug, you little shit. Yeah. <laughs> that was Russian. <laughs> he's, um, he's, he's South African, but spent some time in Russia. <laughs> uh, so this is a great little back and forth. Um, Sawyer's finding this really funny. Um, and then we find out why Sawyer's in the... Because <laughs> uh, he headbutted Warren Trust, oh, not Minister Warren of Trust. Agriculture, Fisheries <laughs> and Forestries, who, I mean, I was kind of young at the time, who I totally thought was just made up Warren no, Trust. No. It's the actual... <laughs> is it the actual Minister of Agriculture, Fisheries and Forestries at the time? It gets better, So the Noah. reason that Sawyer is on this island is because of our real-life minister. But it gets even better, because, like, Warren Truss went on to become our Deputy Prime Minister only until the beginning of 2016. This guy was, like, Australia's Vice President for our American listeners. And, like, he is legitimately... The most boring politician you've probably ever... Like, he's... Like, Tom is more exciting than, than Warren Truss. Like, well, he's seriously it. so boring. But, like, I love the fact if you go to Warren Truss's Wikipedia page, it has other information, popular references. In the American television series Lost, Warren Truss was briefly referenced as having been <laughs> insulted in a bar fight by main character Jane Sawyer Ford, Josh Holloway, th- through the conflict, and Truss himself is never on screen. <laughs> you you know that he has a Lostpedia article, right? Oh, does he really? Are you kidding? Yeah. Me? Oh, does it have no, theories? That's Warren Truss. <laughs> Warren Truss theories. Uh, it's great, though. I, I, I love that. Our politician in Australia is the reason that Sawyer is on 815. Isn't that just amazing? Um, oh, my God. He really does have his own page. And- <laughs> yeah, of course. Oh, hang on. It uh, actually, did you read his page? It says, in a recent article about Warren Trust, Courier Mail, yeah. August 2010, he quoted mentioning that his name was used in a TV series and gave a short outline to the impact of his character. In the, like, this is seriously, like again, the most boring politician ever. We could probably get him on this show because I think he's actually retired now from politics. He's no longer our deputy prime minister. But, like, he would probably just be like... Yes, it really did make my career. I was referenced in the TV show. Like, can I just point out, this is so, like, a side note here. This is so good. We talk about how, that you know, they take some creative licensing when it comes to showing Sydney and all this sort of stuff. But, like, the legitimacy legitimacy they go to for some random Australianisms. Like, we didn't point out in the flashback when they're going through the hotel with Walt and uh, Michael early on that the exit signs clearly are American exit signs. So, like, that's a huge plot hole there. But, like, uh, when it comes comes to, you know, they've just sat around, they've gone, okay, we need Sawyer to have headbutted a politician. How about the Prime Minister? No, no, you wouldn't believe that. Like, that's too... Let's say, oh, who's the Minister? I don't know. Agriculture. So, like, they just Googled it. And they're going, oh, Warren Trust, you know? No, no, that sounds like a fake name. No one knows that's really a politician. (laughs) Like, it's legitimately Warren fucking Trust. Um... There's a few more things we need to talk about this, but I've got this book here, um, Nikki Stafford, uh, Nikki. Finding Lost, the unofficial. 
Uh, so I, I got a bit of a chuckle reading this because I don't know if we're the only Australian Lost podcast or not. There might be others. Um, the others. But this is the good. others are coming, um, Noah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so interesting fact, the Honourable Warren Trust, uh, Trust was the actual minister. In July, he became the Minister of Transport. Nitpick. The way the police handled Sawyer's deportation is suspicious. Would the real police really have just handed Sawyer a plane ticket, uh, which was paid for by the Australian taxpayers and forced him out of the country without due process? Here we go. When asked if this was a likely scenario, the director of the National Association of Community Legal Centres in Australia, Julie Bishop, <laughs> replied, <laughs> theoretically, no, it should not happen. Who, who is our actual deputy prime minister at the moment? <laughs> so now even Julie Bishop is connected to loss because someone interviewed her about whether or not this scene was realistic. Oh, my God, it keeps getting better. And, and can um, we also just point out, to just make this completely like, whoa, can we also add that in real life here in Australia, within the last, what, two or three months to date this podcast, oh, we, actually, this. we actually had a politician headbutted our former Prime Minister, Tony Abbott, in Tasmania... And the guy who did it, like, you know, he's got arrested and he's going to be charged. So, like, you know, it was a huge national story. So I can't imagine that if some American headbutts the <laughs> Minister of Agriculture, it's not going to be a huge national story. And they're not just going to, like, shove him out of the country and go, you're never welcome back in Australia again, mate. Oh. Uh- <laughs> well, that was the other thing I was going to bring up. Like, this happened recently to our former Prime Minister. <laughs> so... Uh- yeah, I, I think deportation is a bit bit over the top there. Um, this is this is one of those. You know how they always have those like articles like the Simpsons predicted that Donald Trump would be president. They need to do one of lost predicted Tony Abbott would get headbutted because they predicted that one of his cabinet members Warren Trust would get headbutted in a bar. So like they completely like these predictions. Uh, I just, I just really want to. Before I forget, too, I just love that like Sawyer's a bit of a dick to Australia here. What does he say? Like when he gets in a bar fight, well, he says something this like, "Pastime." I thought it was a badge of honor in this country. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you never allowed it. You never allowed back in this country, and he's just like, "Fine by me." <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's great. And that even happened in real life. Um, and good old Julie Bishop is also <laughs> commenting. I mean. I've, there's a photo floating around where I, I've got a photo with Julie Bishop. I'm sure you've you probably do? got one too. Well, not with Julie. I'm in a photo with Julie Bishop. So this is like, you oh. know, in Lost where, where like Christian Shepherd is walking past in the background where Sawyer's in Australia and stuff like that. This is like my example of this is it's all connected. Um, I, I've never, so, no, I've never had any interaction with the esteemed Julie Bishop. So yeah, uh, I have, I have met, met Australia's Julie Bishop. Um, so this is my connection to Lost. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Julie Bishop said, theoretically, no, it should not happen. However, if the person was an immigrant or not an Australian... Oh, here she goes. Typical <laughs> racist Australian- Julie. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the Julie Bishop flashback or an Australian citizen. It may happen in unusual circumstances. She went on to describe two cases where deportation has been handled in a shoddy manner after the Department of Immigration had to do... Isn't this her freaking department? She concluded there has been also some incidents in the past where corrupt police officers doing some things like the lost scenario. 
so the lost scenario is vaguely possible, but unlikely. So there we go. We've got Julie Bishop, our politician, commenting on lost. Um, so that's our Australian politicians making their mark on the world of lost. Um, and in turn, Sawyer getting <laughs> deported from Australia and never allowed to join it. I think we should let him back in. Yeah. He's all right. I, I, on behalf of Australia, I say vote him back in. Yeah. I mean, Julie Bishop has a higher position now, so who knows what she'll do. But <laughs> uh, So we move on. We've had our Jack flashback. We've had our Sawyer flashback. We move on to... Oh, it's hard to say if it's the best scene of the episode because there's two really standout scenes this episode. Uh, but we move on to one of the best scenes in the history of Lost. Let's put it like that. At least top 30 or so. Um, shirtless Sawyer, yes, please. Shirtless Sawyer chopping down a tree. That's it. <laughs> that's it. Amazing. That's the scene. That makes our top five um, at the end of this season. <laughs> yeah. Hands down. No, this scene, we talked about it a lot in Outlaws. It almost happened in Outlaws, but... Sawyer didn't go through it. We have the payoff for the plotline of Sawyer meeting Christian in the bar. And man, this is a gut punch. Like, mm. This is... Again, you're talking about this is only part one of the finale and this is already like the emotional peak of the... Like, this is so... It just works so well. The acting from Josh Holloway and Matthew Fox is amazing. Uh, and the way Sawyer kind of, it's awkward, but it just works so well because they're not really friends, but Sawyer knows it's the right thing. This is kind of we're talking about character development. Um, and he starts telling the story after Jack guesses that he was a lumberjack um, <laughs> and gives Sawyer a gun. Um, talks about Christian, how he met him in the bar. Doesn't it say Christian, but they both know what he's talking about. Talks about how, oh, what does he call it? It's like a, puppy who thinks it's done wrong or something yeah your kids are like dogs you can uh knock them around enough to think that they deserve it yeah oh it's hard and jack trying to hold back the tears and this moment's perfect because these two it's not like a lock jack science faith thing but they're always at each other's throats um and we'll see them grow as not friends but their relationship grows over the six seasons uh but this is definitely like a peak and uh, for the relationship between these two. And it's just played so well. And I'm so glad they didn't have it in the episode where it's introduced and they held off for this finale because this is an emotional gut punch and uh, just a classic scene for Lost. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. I mean, it's just, I like Jack and Sawyer moments when they sort of aren't, yeah, completely at each other's throats. Um, because, I mean, it's, it's a weird thing to say, and you're going to laugh as soon as I say this, but, like, you know, they both have great chemistry, and not in that way, but just, like, the way they work off each other, I think it's so good. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is always one of those scenes, and I think kind of when we get to our top five moments of this season in our recap one, you know, this is going to be fought maybe to be included. Um, so, yeah, I agree with everything you said. I mean, the, the one thing, of course, I'm watching this whole scene not just, you know, staring at shirtless Josh Holloway and thinking about, hmm, who makes a better lumberjack, uh, you know, Sawyer or Dexter? Um, but <laughs> Sawyer. <laughs> but, like, Jack's tattoo so visible on his bicep. Like, hmm, I hope we get a, a flashback on that. I really want to know where that came from. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so lots of muscles and shirtless people during this emotional scene. Um and I just love the line, small world, huh? 
Yeah. Jack's kind of puppy dog nod. And, they should have hugged like, here. Come on. They needed a man <laughs> hug. <laughs> but that's why it works so well because these two are so different. And if it was like, if it was Saeed telling Jack, this would not be. Saeed would just be like, yeah, there was this guy. And they'd be like, oh, thanks for telling me, Saeed. But it's just so hard because Jack knows how hard it is for Sawyer to tell him. And it's just so difficult. Um, if Boone was alive, he would have like showed up at this moment going, I also met a guy in a bar. He was also a Christian. <laughs> okay, Boone, no, we're talking about a person called Christian, not just... Okay, sorry. <laughs> but it just... It, it, the, it was already a great kind of revelation where he was with Christian in the bar, but this payoff is, you know, people talking about Lost not paying off the mysteries. Well, they definitely pay off the character stuff, and this is a total example of that. Um so, classic scene, and it's only part one. Uh, we're back to a flashback. Uh, we get the Marshal. Good old Edward Mars is back. Yay. It's always nice to see him. I like him. Uh, he's getting his guns checked and everything like that. And why do you need five guns? And we've got the Marshal taunting Kate with the little plane. God oh, damn it, great. this plane. Too much of the plane. Uh, but I love Edward Mars and his kind of relationship with Kate. They're, they play off each other well. Um taunting her about Tom and the plane and we learn uh, how the plane got the safety deposit box. Because um, I was wondering that at the end of Born to Run. I'm like, well, how, how did it get there? She doesn't take it, like, what's going on? But they kind of clear that up. And why do I need five guns? Well, because Kate gets taunted to the fact that she bashes him up against the wall like when she's still in handcuffs. Like, I don't know what her end game is here, but <laughs> the terrible guard at the airport. He just sits yeah, there and watches. Great, <laughs> just watches. It's great, you know, for Australia. This episode, we get like one security guard in the airport just sits there and watches. Another one who's just like dumb gets told that we'll get to that scene. I'm not going to spoil it because it's an amazing scene. But like, um, you know, Australian security and police in this episode not painted in the brightest picture. No, not as good as Iowa police. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if this was Iowa police, that guy would have just got up and started shooting both of them. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> uh, but it's nice to see uh, Mars back. We'll see him again in season two. Um, cut back to the island. Surprise, surprise. Kate wants to come on the trip. <laughs> What's new? Uh, but Jack lets her. Oh, Character development. Kate's allowed to come without sneaking off now. Um, Charlie is getting a message in the bottle uh, for the raft, which is kind of a cute little scene. And Hurley puts one in. Don't read it, Dick Charlie. Dude. Just read it straight away. <laughs> Locke shutting him down. Like, oh, that's cute. Yeah. Like, a message in a bottle. <laughs> love Dick Locke. Locke moment. <laughs> just the way he says it. Oh, that's cute. Just walks off. <laughs> um... Uh, and then we have the A-team kind of saying their goodbyes because uh, the raft is going to be launched before they get back. Um, do you have the so book we have, does, does, Do you know what Jin says when, like, Jack says good luck and he's like, I'm not even going to impersonate Korean. I don't want to come across as racist. <laughs> but, like, no, they're, they're bad. At, they, like, teased us with, like, early episodes. Oh, you'll find out what Jin says. But then they've done a bad job of keeping up with It's like, good luck. It's like, fuck you, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Jack, our hero. Um, but we cut to the A team, which is Jack, Locke, Kate, Hurley, <laughs> um, Arts, and Russo. <laughs> that classic team. Why isn't Saeed um, on this journey? I always thought Saeed would be on this journey. 
Yeah, well, he's kind of become the defect. Maybe it's because he's so against this hatch thing that he's like, no, I'm not doing that. Um, but we have a great kind of set of these rocks, the kind of these flat rocks. Like Hawaii is amazing. And yeah. we'll see these rocks. They seem to go to the rocks in every finale. I don't know if that's a thing that they're like, oh, we need to get the cool flat rocks in on the finale. Um, but, you know, we'll see Jack versus fake lock in the end is kind of a big confrontation on these kind of rock type things. So it's a great setting. Um, and we have a really cool, uh, Arnst is how I only pronounce his name. uh, which is great. Like, I, again, like he's a red shirt, but they went to so much effort of making a big joke out of it. It's why I love lost. And I love their kind of their geekiness that they would do stuff like this. Um, and then, well, I know a bunch of ninth graders who can pronounce it uh, right. Well, why don't I call you just by your first name? I saw it on the manifest. <laughs> I think Leslie's a bitchin'. Arnst <laughs> <laughs> is fine. I, I love that little, that kind of back and forth is just great. I remember watching that live. Me and my brothers loved that moment. Um, and the little group, group reached the dark territory. Uh, and Russo tells about how Montan lost his arm, which we will actually get to see. Um so Arts is noping the f out of there. He's Arts not is going me. Into the dark. I mean that. That's yeah. me. I'm like, He's like, he got his arm blown off. I'm leaving. Yeah, I love that. Well, that's before I learned about Montan and his arm. <laughs> Arts is so great. I love Arts. Uh, so he's leaving. Um, we cut back to the raft. We got a little Star Wars reference. No, this one goes here. That one goes there. Um, apparently, Jin is chewy. Um, <laughs> back with the A team. Has to be rain. How can we have like? Shit going down without rain. Oh, looks amazing, um, though. Yeah, maybe it is monsoon season. And we hear a noise in the background, like, <laughs> like what the hell is going on here? Is this the others? Is the island the monkey monster? that we haven't seen yet? <laughs> yeah, like, what is this? Is polar bear? No, it's Arts. He's back. He's running for his life. Uh, and Arts is being chased by the monster. It's been a while since we've had a monster encounter. Um... So they're running away from the monster. We hear it. We don't see it. We are going to get glimpses uh, in part two and three. Um, and we get the first kind of reference of Rousseau calling it a security system, mm. which led to a lot of kind of theories about what the monster is. But in the end, it kind of doesn't lead anywhere. <laughs> this is probably an example of them not knowing for sure what the monster would be at the time. Um, but we're kind of going to get glimpses of the monster later on so we're getting a bit of monster action um art's nearly killed by the monster uh, uh I, I don't know you paused me to talk or are you still going here sorry i was misreading oh, you your pauses about um oh, i mean i just I, I i love that whole sequence when he's like explaining his name Montand. um and the, yeah the arm bit that i was reading here about his action figure that apparently it was like yeah fan-made action figure you could buy oh. in small um, I thought it had to be doses, but um, yeah, I I love just the way he comes back and he's like run. Uh, but I, I like the moment there with Locke and Hurley. The way Locke is just like stay still, and he's just like you know holds him there as the monster's going past, and he's like it's going past us that way. Just the way he kind of just you know calm <laughs> Locke, um, just the way he kind of does it. So, but we we do kind of get a payoff with the security system, don't we? In some way, like it's sort of mentioned more so moving forward, isn't it? Well, it's mentioned again, but the actual answer of what the monster is doesn't really explain as a security system. 
Yeah, well. I don't know where Russo got that idea from. Well, again, she's a weirded out French woman, so she doesn't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll get to more monster theories, but the big thing was like, oh, Dana, D- nanobots. That was the big thing. Dharma created some nanobot thing. It's essentially um, just a giant Paul Blart mall cop riding around on a Segway on the island. It's a security <laughs> cop. <laughs> yes, you have that image. It's Paul Blart, Blart mall cop reference yes. of the season. It's been, it's been, it's a long time coming. Saved it for the finale. <laughs> Um, Wait to see what other Kevin James movie characters we bring up in part two. God, I don't know if I can name another one. Um, that one he was gay with Adam Sandler in. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, we have a really nice scene of Walt giving Vincent to Shannon. I really like this scene. It's sweet. Um, we get a Boone reference. You could talk to him about Boone if you want. Aw, Boone. Oh. Anything uh, I like it, though. Don't you like that? The walk gives Vincent to Shannon. I, I, like just get dis- I just get distracted when she says the word anal. I'm like, say, 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 say that again. Yeah, why, why are you folding that? Because <laughs> I'm anal. Like, what? Flashback to that date night with Saeed and Shannon. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a nice scene. I mean, you know, we just completely jilled over poor old Shannon mourning the loss of beloved Boone last episode. Was she folding his clothes? Because I swear uh, I saw the, the Asian symbol show. I, I wasn't paying that much of attention, but um, let's just say she was for, you know, our sake. Yeah, so good old Shannon. Now she has to take care of Vincent. Um, I mean... Yeah, it's sweet of Walt to think of it. I wouldn't give Vincent to Shannon. Um, <laughs> yes. Like, son, she knows how to take care of Bopo. Or, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think Shannon's the right one. Uh, but speaking of Shannon, we get our flashback. Ah, oh, here we go. Not the last one, of the, the second last. The best flashback Ever. of the season. <laughs> because... <laughs> We have had art. We've talked about Joanna a few weeks ago. Boone is back. back. You know, we could we couldn't last two episodes with him being gone, so they had to bring him back. They're like, "Oh no, we've made a grave mistake. We have to bring Boone back." Um, so this is exciting. Oh, um, I'm so, so glad good. Ian agreed to come back. So he's. It's like he never left. He didn't. He's, he's still, he's still clearing Shannon out has. his brand new Hawaiian home and then just knocked on his door, uh, Ian. I'll come back! <laughs> so we've got we've got sweet post-banging Shannon Boone uh, with his slightly blonde hair and his classic Boone caramel jacket. Um, <laughs> Set a fashion trend in the mid-2000s. All the kids were wearing the Boone caramel jacket. Just like the Rachel <laughs> in the 90s. This was the Boone jacket. <laughs> But so good, because this won't be the last boom we'll see of the season, so no need to panic. Um, but it's so amazing. Boone is back. Um, Boone is back in town. But this is the first Shannon flashback of the season. Walt already had two. <laughs> um, so finally Shannon, and it's not even really much of a Shannon thing. Um but she's up there, Saeed dropping off his bag. Oh, can you take a look, care of this? More chemistry uh, in that scene between those two than they've ever had when they're actually having yeah. anal. Like, let's be honest. I mean, I don't get Saeed, though, because I think it's a deleted scene, but we'll later see he's looking for ties so he can look good for Nadia, which is, just yeah. makes the whole Shannon thing even dumber. But, but I mean, it's not like his bag is that big. Like, sissy Saeed moment. Um... <laughs> 
Please hold but, my bag. It's too heavy for my delicate fingers. Uh, but Shadow does not care. She's not paying attention. So they just leave. Uh, Boone couldn't get them in first class. <laughs> We're always Boone. trying. Always trying. <laughs> um... But, you know, Shannon earlier says in the season, like, that person saved our life because uh, they wouldn't put us into first class. Knowing how it turns out, I think it would have been better that Boone and Shannon died in the plane crash. <laughs> like, their last... Is Boone's last 27 days or so really... Is it really that Yes, special? because we got to share with it, Noah. We got to see him try. I'm just going to say, I think Boone and Shannon... It would have been better if they just died because they don't have a, a good last 40 days. Um, Shannon got laid. Yeah, Boone tried to. But, <laughs> Did he? Well, <laughs> well Locke. <laughs> well, anal, so. <laughs> um, yeah, so he couldn't get them into first class. They're just arguing back and forth, calling her useless. <laughs> Good old classic Boone and Shannon. How have we missed... We, we've we missed them so much. I do like that line. Um, one day you'll appreciate everything I do for you. Aww. 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 <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> Shannon's like, I'm capable. Goes up to the security guy. Uh, <laughs> such a great line. Uh, some Arab guy left his bag there and just took off. Uh, can you describe him? Um, Arab? <laughs> such a... Classic like, Shannon. We've had, we've had poor grieving Shannon, shooting people Shannon, and one scene of Shannon. We've missed this kind of sassy, kind of great one-liner <laughs> Shannon. Like, she was, she used to be the one-liner queen along with Sawyer, but we kind of lost that, so it's great to have that back. Uh, this cop Arab? is terrible. Like, she literally says, oh, an Arab guy left a bag. What does he look like? Um, Arab? <laughs> Oh shit! Runs off. Then they run off. Like I mean, and like you've been to Sydney airport since when do they wear pansy white security outfits? Like what the hell's going on there at the Sydney airport in two thousand and four? I just I just could not stop laughing at that scene. Describe him, Um, Arab. That's a classic, Shannon. The love of your Um, life soon, but you die loving him. Stupid storyline. Um, so we'll get more of Boone. He'll be on the plane. I think we'll get a shot of him on the plane. Um, back on the island, Blade has done some mumbo-jumbo techno thing and made a radar for the raft, and it will pick up ships in the horizon. Uh, he's giving them a flare gun. There's only one in there, so be careful when you use it. Hashtag foreshadowing. Will that come into use? Yes. Um, and then... Back on the A-Team, they arrive at the Black Rock, and we see what the Black Rock is. It's a ship, and in the middle of the jungle. I mean, I don't know what people were expecting. Were they expecting a Black Rock? They've been... If we go back, they've talked about the Black Rock from day one on the French transmission. Um, So, yeah, we finally get an answer. Like, I mean, it's kind of an answer, because it just leads to more questions, but it is somewhat of an answer. And it gets Um, answered, doesn't it? We do get to yeah there's a whole episode that shows what happened with the black rock um so they arrive at this pirate ship like this old sailing ship in the middle of the jungle they've lost wasn't already weird we'll add that into it um our last sun our last flashback is a sun one where she's bringing coffee to gin uh pours the coffee on him uh 
How do we get these really like dick American couple? Like, I like them. Racist. I think they're fun in their little yeah racist American couple. Uh, like they just say, "Oh, if I ever turn like that, shoot me or whatever." Gina and Jeff. Um, Which can I? There's an interesting. Uh, did you know the theory about them? What that they may have been on the plane well, or the something. theory is that they're the Not couple it. in the the seats where the case is under the waterfall because apparently the clothes match up. <laughs> Oh my god! I mean, it's interesting. Which I'm just but... gonna, I'm gonna, while you talk, I'm gonna try and find this scene to see because, like, uh, you know, uh, I think that's a, quite a fascinating little one. If it is, if that is, I think that's well played, lost, well played. It's interesting, but I don't believe it for a second. Um, yeah, it's it's a fun little scene of back when we didn't know son spoke English, and I'm sorry, Gina, like. You know, I don't want to give Americans a bad rap, but there are a lot of ignorant Americans out there. But this is like, what? She doesn't speak English? Like, yeah, they were speaking Korean to each other, but a lot of Korean people know how to speak English. They've just been on holiday for all she knows in Australia. Like, this is so ignorant of her to think that they wouldn't know how to speak English. Um, So I like Jeter and Jeff. They're a fun little couple, but it's just, it's kind of weird. Um, back on the island, Sun gives Jin this little like, DIY Korean to English book that she's made, and we get a really sweet little scene where Jin tears up and he apologizes. I tear and, up. Yeah, it's really emotional. Sun and Jin—they've been at each other's throats. Well, not at each other's throats, but they haven't been talking for a good five episodes or so. So, uh, and then he says he's going so he can save Sun, which is just so emotional. Um, I cried. Yeah, Jin was crying. You were crying. Everyone was crying. Um, everyone on the raft is saying their goodbyes, and then we have uh, the second iconic moment after the Jack Sawyer moment. <laughs> what a great way to end this episode. The raft launch. Uh, oh my god, what an epic scene! The music, um, the music. Michael Giacchino is a genius. The music is so epic, and like you were saying, this could be the end of the season, and we come back next season. Like this is just epic. But you so the raft you so launch. could though, because like you think about it, like you you end this season with the raft. There's hope. You've got the mystery of what's the black rock. You know, will they are the others coming? You've got the smoke there. So like. Pretty much everything here is set up for this to be a finale right here. Like, you... I'm not saying I don't want the next two finale parts, but, I mean, you just could end this right here and that would be a satisfactory, viable finale. Yeah, definitely. Um, But this rough launch is just so epic. Uh, Colton Cues later went on record saying this was his favourite lost moment of all time because it's just... The whole cast is there besides the A-team who have gone off and it's just... It's a sign of hope because we'll get to the raft a bit more next week. But again, like we talked about with the hatch, if you didn't watch this show live, if you don't watch it live, you can just watch the next eight episodes and see them back on the island. But for us, this was a new show. This was season one. We didn't know what Lost was going to be. We didn't know if it was always going to be an island show. For all we know, they do get rescued. Um, I mean, it sounds preposterous, but it does happen in season three and four. So it's not that. Um (laughs) So it's, we didn't know what it was going to be. So this is a sign of hope and the music and everyone's cheering. It's like, well, maybe this raft is going to get them help. We don't know. Um, And it's just a sign of all these survivors. They've gone through so much in this first season and these first 40 days and then seeing them all happy and 
launching this raft and doing something to get themselves off this island is just so epic. Um, everyone waving and Vincent. Oh my god, that's such a good scene with Vincent swimming out, which was not planned. That didn't happen until the day, and then they had added that. It wasn't in the script. Great acting but by it, the dog there. Like that's you know yeah. a completely ad libbed. What an underrated Amazing. moment. What a great acting moment there by the dog. Yeah, but that's when I tear up when the dog comes out and turn back, Vincent. It's just... And the I don't know if you have anything to add, but this is a contender for a top five moment. This raft launch is so epic. That, that to me, is the flashback there where we need one of Vincent. And it's like, I don't trust blonde women. Like, get me away from Shannon. <laughs> you leave, I don't want to be with her. Leaving me Not with Shannon. Shannon. Anyone but Shannon. Yeah, I mean, I was I was crying at the Jin Sun stuff, which just the tears kept flowing again just with this scene here, just with the, you know, wow. the music. It's just so good. Um I I wrote you <laughs> just to make this scene kind of funny is when um Claire's got the baby towards the bottle I'm like just put the baby in the bottle like take the baby with you <laughs> um but um what is what is what does Shannon write on the note Boone is dead um, like <laughs> Boone. um oh, that is sad. yeah uh, just everything's so good I mean. It's kind of, it's interesting how they, like, I've written here, there's the bald guy. Um, but, I mean, I think, my opinion is that they should have ended it. Like, you, do, you don't need to see this little flash of the smoke. Yeah, I don't, I've never got that in my entire life. I don't get it. Like, what the hell? Yeah, that's the only thing that ruins this. And it's not even ruins it. It's not like, oh, God, it would have been so good without that. Like, you just get this brief, what, two-second scene of, Dang. by the way, here's that smoke from earlier, boom, lost. <laughs> Yeah, like, it should have just ended on the raft. Like, that's our kind of cliffhanger for... Yeah, I agree. Like, what is that? I've never got that black smoke thing. Um, yeah, the raft launch is so good. Such a standout moment in Lost. Um, might make the top five, who knows, but it's definitely like a top 20, 30, 40, 50 moment of Lost for sure. It's so iconic, and it's just a sign of all of them working together and a sign of hope for what's to come. And... We'll see how it turns out. Um, not too well for old Walt there. Um, so, that's the episode for part one. Um, again, I always view these as one episode, so this is part one, but I don't view this as one episode. I view this as just the first a third of this big, long, movie-length episode. But uh, questions and answers. Uh, we actually kind of answer some things this week then. Two, um, I'm guessing here. Yeah, I've got two. So the first is, who is Alex? Who, well, well, uh, we sort of asked, what happened to Alex? That's what I've written yeah. here. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, that was bad on our mistake, uh, on our half, because we don't know who Alex is. So I'll like, change it. Who is Alex? Yeah, okay. Slightly I feel like right. the question should have been, who is Alex? Because we didn't know. I mean, oh, here's the, the question, Noah. Who is Alex? Oh, so we've answered <laughs> that one. Uh- <laughs> yeah, so we know Alex is a she and that it's a baby. Um, and what is the black And then what, what is the black rock? Yeah. It's a pirate ship. Um, but now I feel like we have a question. And the question is, uh, how did the black rock, where did it come from and how did it get into the middle of the jungle? Yeah. Uh, so we get, so it's kind of t- typical loss, two answers, but then we get another question. Um, but that will also be answered in season six. Um so, you know, finales, they're all about kind of wrapping things up and also setting up new things. Um, so, we'll get into rankings. Um, 
I'm, of course I'm buying this, um, just, and I'll just say... I'm buying it too, but it's, so so you, I just had to interrupt you here just really quick while I've got these questions open. Uh, we did answer a question back from uh, episode 19, typical that Boone's involved. Uh, will Boone survive? No! So just <laughs> cross that question out. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> no, he's definitely not surviving. Um, yeah, I'm buying it. Uh, I would just say here, kind of spoiling it, but Whenever these are two-parters or a three-parter, whatever I do for the first part is what I'm doing for the other parts. I always view them as one episode. The only reason we're breaking it up now is so we don't have to talk about a bunch at once. Um, so to me, Exodus is the episode, not Exodus part one, part two, part three. Um, but absolutely buying. We can talk about it more when we get to part three, but the Raft launch, the Sawyer Jack moment is enough to buy it, let alone some of the other cool stuff with Rousseau and Arts and everything going on. Such a great first part of a three-part epic finale. Yeah, completely agree. Buy it. Um, I've nothing really else to add. I completely agree with everything you said, and I'll probably be doing the same for each one of these as well. Okay, so um, that's it. Subscribe, like, tweet. Uh, as Ben, I think, said we'll probably release these all on the same day, so you can stop this one right now and move on to Exodus Part 2 if you want. Um, so we won't waste too much time teasing that up because Part 2 is awesome as well, and it's a continuation. Uh, so in the meantime, I'll say that my name is Noah, and I was going to record Part 2 until I found out about Montan and the Arm. And my name is Ben, and we got Boom back! Yay! Sort of, all right, fine. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.